Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. So Spirit, we give you this space. In your name, everyone said... Amen. Amen. We're finishing off our um, series called The Practice of Community coming out of lockdown. We're realizing that community is a practice. It's a discipline. It's a habit because we've been in isolation for so long. We can do stuff online, but it actually takes a lot to engage in community in a healthy way. And we know that to be healthy humans, to be healthy followers of Jesus, to be flourishing people, We need community, all sorts of community, and all sorts of community dynamics and sizes, and you can catch up on the last couple of weeks of um, the podcast to catch along with where we've been. But I want to talk about something that we don't really talk about that that often in uh, kind of the Western Protestant church, is the idea of confession. The idea of confession. There is a, a restaurant, or there was a restaurant in London, Jamie, wherever you are. Yep. <laughs> it's called The Shed. And it uh, got to number one on TripAdvisor. It was like the hottest restaurant going around. Um, it was very exclusive, very eccentric. You didn't order meals. You ordered like feelings, like gentle or like shy or bored. Um, and the legend goes, as you called up to make a booking, they'd ask you how many Instagram followers you had. And if you didn't have enough, you wouldn't be able to get a booking. Um, and it skyrocketed to number one on TripAdvisor. It was like everyone was talking about it. Everyone was trying to get in to this place. Um, but the problem was that the restaurant wasn't real. It didn't exist. And there was a guy, his name was Uber Butler, which is a good name in itself. And um, he had a job and his job was to go on TripAdvisor and write fake reviews for restaurants. Like that was his, his full-time job. And he would just go and people would pay him to write r- reviews of their restaurants without even going to them. And he realized like the system was broken. It was, it was a stupid system. And so he decided he was going to make his own restaurant and try and get it as high as he could on TripAdvisor, even though it was fake. And so he got all his friends and family to, um, to write reviews and it got up and it got to the point where like people were like talking about it and people wanted to go and people were trying to book in. Um, and over six months, it became this guy's full-time job just to answer the phone and to deny people a reservation because it, it didn't exist. And he got to the point where he's like, I don't know what to do. I think I'm going to actually start a restaurant. And so in the back of his like, little terrible London courtyard, he started this restaurant and he accepted some reservations. He hired some uh, actors to come and just to tell people how good the food was, like to be in the, on the table next to you as you're eating your, your weird meal. Um, and they served like microwave meals and cup of soup and like all this stuff. And instead of picking your own lobster, you could pick a live chicken and they would kill it and they would make a live chicken. And it was just like the, the most like terrible thing. Um, but he found himself in this lie that kind of snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. And that's the thing about lies. The lies that we tell ourselves and the lies that we tell others is that they turn into our whole reality and we begin to kind of live them out and snowball into them. We get trapped by the words we say. And I've been coming to realize that 
the role of confession in the way of Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're seeking to follow Jesus, confessing our sins is actually a really important part of being whole, flourishing human beings. I was reading, we, we have this um, Bible in a year plan, there's 15 or 16, 16 of us in there, and uh, I read just this week in 1 Timothy, it says, some will abandon their faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Interesting statement. People will fall straight from deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. We don't have a very good grasp on like demons telling lies, but the Bible tells us that the enemy is the father of lies. There's actually something about the work of the enemy. There is an enemy in our world, and his, his motive, his mode, his weapon is the lies that we tell ourselves about who we are. In that same chapter around, around the enemy being the father of lies, Jesus talks about the truth, and he says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You'll know the truth, the truth will set you, set you free. And implicit in all that talk is that lies kind of hold us to, to bondage, but truth sets us free. James chapter 5, verse 16. This is a, a, um, a hard verse around confession. It, it sort of broke a lot of my thinking around what it means to confess my sins. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. You catch that? Confess your sins to each other, so that you may be healed. Not confess your sins to God, but confess your sins to one another. And I think we've really lost that idea of actually confessing what's going on deep inside to one another. Because, you know, for a long time, as part of the Catholic Church, you would go and you make confessions to the priest. You'd get in that little box. You might have seen it on the movies, or you might have been part of a Catholic church. Um, But in the mid-1500s, there was a Reformation Martin Luther said there was some things going on with the Catholic Church that it was like sort of getting involved too much with corruption of power. And, and he wrote this thing called the 95 Thesis and all these things that their church needs to change. And the Protestant Church was born from that, which we kind of come from that lineage. But one of the things we really threw out was this idea of confessing our sins to someone. Not just confessing our sins to God, but confessing our sins to a person. But I think it's time for us to recapture the ancient practice of confession. So I'm going to just go through quickly the what, the why, and the how of confession. I hope you go with me. I know this is like something we don't really talk about that much. But what is confession? What is confession? The what? Confession is simply just naming reality. Confession is simply just truth-telling. You know, if you think about a confession in a courtroom, it is someone telling the truth, someone laying out what actually happened. You can confess good things, you can confess bad things. There's that, that line in the scripture that says, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Every tongue bring out the truth that's inside you, that Jesus is Lord. There is, it, it's just truth-telling. It's bringing out what is deep inside um, sometimes it's, you know, the things that are sinful, broken within us. Sometimes it's the things that are good within us. Sometimes the things that are disintegrated within us. Confession is just an act of truth-telling. So why confession? 
John chapter 8, I mentioned it before, but Jesus said, truth sets free. That the truth will set you free. Jordan Peterson, who's, you know, some of you might have read his book, 12 Rules of Life. He's got some wacky ideas, but some good ideas as well. He, he wrote this thing. He said, if your life isn't what it could be, try telling the truth. That's a powerful little statement. If your life is not what it could be, try telling the truth. It's the idea that we live these lies and they, they, they trap us. They get us into, into boxes and, and wind us into unfortunate situations. But we share honesty for the sake of healing. Confess your sins to one another. You know, sin, brokenness, the parts of us that are, are not right, not as they could be, that stuff thrives in hiding. It's kind of like mold, like it thrives in the dark. It sort of grows in the unseen places. John Altberg says this, the soul is healed by confession. The soul is healed by confession. I was sitting with a friend during lockdown. Um, I met up with him for a pastoral visit because he'd gotten to the point where he was, he was suicidal. Um, and he had sort of, through lockdown, in isolation, began to tell himself these lies about, you know, no one likes me, no one cares about me, life would be better if I wasn't around. And he got himself into a really dark place where he ended up disappearing for a while. The police were called, and luckily they found him. And he came back, and he's telling me the story of coming back to his phone after he'd been missing for a while and just seeing just like dozens and dozens of messages saying, we love you, we're here for you, we, we need you around. And he said the, the irony was that it took him to that point where the kind of lies that he was telling himself came out, the truth of what was happening inside came out. And it was that very act that there was healing in knowing that there's all these people that care about me and love me and see me and, and want me around. That, that's confession. Truth for the sake of healing. Honesty for the sake of healing. There's something about bringing, bringing out what's going on inside to the light. John Tyson has this great line. He says, God can't transform who you're pretending to be. God can't transform who you're pretending to be. There's something about bringing out what's really happening in our world, in our inner person, that brings transformation. And we're often scared of confessing sins to someone else, confessing what's really happening inside to someone else because we think they're going to think worse of us. But the irony of that is that often it's that those moments of vulnerability that actually bring deep connection and community with that person. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that where someone's said something to you, um, confessed what's really happening in their world, where how they're really thinking, and you feel more connected to that person. And actually the way to deeper community, the way to, uh, Alyssa was talking about this a couple of weeks ago, going deeper in relationships, the way to true, authentic community is actually through being vulnerable, opening up what's going on in our inner person. Confession is a surefire way to deepen relationships in the right and safe environment. So what is confession? It's truth-telling. Why? Because truth brings healing. Lastly, how? 
James chapter 5 again says, confess your sins to one another. Confess your sins to one another. Confess your sins to other, other people. John Mark Comer says, private confession isn't confession at all. And we we often want to think, and this is part of kind of the Protestant thing, is that we don't need the church, we don't need someone else to connect with God. We can have a direct relationship with God, and that's true. But uh, as Baptists, one of the key things we believe is the priesthood of all believers. That's a funny saying, we find it in 2 Peter, uh, 1 Peter 2, sorry. Um, And what that means is that we are all priests. We all mediate the presence of God to one another. That I actually meet God through you. And you meet God through me. Yes, we can have our own connection with God, but we meet God through other people. We become mediators of the presence of God. And, um, you know, often in the Catholic Church, to confess your sins, you would go to the priest. You confess your sins to that person. But one of the distinctives around our form of church is that we are all priests. That, that no person is more important, no person is closer to God or higher up in the hierarchy or has a, a more direct line to God than anyone else, that we can mediate the presence of God to one another. And there's something beautiful about that, that you can be a priest of God. We launched this idea, and um, I, I did a whole talk on it a couple of weeks ago, you can find it on the podcast, around triads. And really the idea comes from that uh, there's this theory of proxemics that we uh, engage in different ways with different group sizes. There's the public size of group. It's kind of 35 plus. This is a public space. There's the social space, which is kind of like, you know, 10, 20 people. And there's the private space, which is like two or three other people. And that we need all those spaces as thriving human beings. And... As a church, we're sort of pretty good at doing the Sunday gathering, except for in lockdown. Uh, dinner parties is like our, our, our social setting, but we haven't been very good at cultivating, creating environments for those more intimate connections. And we launched this idea called Triads, which is about finding two or three safe people in your world that you're committing to do the journey with, committing to go deep with. And one of the things that is distinctive about those groups is a space for connection, a space where you can tell the truth, a space where you can bring out what's really going on inside. And, you know, sometimes, you know, confession is I'm, I'm struggling with an addiction or pornography or alcohol or my phone or Netflix. But sometimes it's just saying, you know, this week I was really anxious. That's confession. You know, I am really angry at that person or my wife or my kid or that person that said that thing to me. That's confession, bringing the truth out. And sometimes when we bring the truth out, the things that we're believing inside, we find out that they're lies and they begin to untangle and die in the sunlight. And I think it's a beautiful thing that we can actually be that to one another, a safe place, a safe environment for people to bring out the lies that they're believing, the things that they're struggling with, so that they can find healing. And just like Jesus walking the earth, that we might be able to meditate, mediate the presence of God to one another and say, you are forgiven. You are whole. Just one last quote, and then uh, the, the bank come up now. M. Scott Peck, he says, there can be no vulnerability without risk. So you can't be vulnerable without risking, you know, your reputation. There can be no community without vulnerability and no life without community. 
There can be no vulnerability without risk. There can be no community without being vulnerable. It's actually the vulnerability between each, each person that, that builds relationship and community and no life without community. That's why isolation is so devastating to us. There's no vulnerability without risk. No community without vulnerability and no life without community. It is in confession the stuff that we don't want to talk about that ironically deepens our relationships. And we get to show each other the forgiveness of Jesus. We get to live that out in community. And so, just in this time and space as Josh plays his spiritual keys music, I want you to think about two questions. When you ask the Holy Spirit, is there something that I need to get out into the open? To bring out in, you know, sunlight is the best disinfectant. <laughs> is there something that Jesus is prompting me, touching in my heart, something that I've been keeping away, a feeling, a thought, a fear, a habit that Jesus might want to, me to bring out into the open? And then the second question is, is there someone that you're prompting me to share that with? Now, it's important you find safe people. People that know you and love you. People that aren't impressed by you. Maybe it's your triad. I know there's, there's been a few triad groups forming in the last couple of weeks. Maybe this is a good kickstart to this practice of confession. But is there something that the Spirit's prompting me to bring out into the open? And number two, is there someone that he's prompting me to bring it out into the open with? Is that cool? Take a moment. You might want to write, write something down on your phone or grab a piece of paper or something. The Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come. Thank you, Jesus, that you are our forgiveness. That you came to bring shalom, peace, integration, wholeness. And so I pray that the parts of us that are disintegrated will be made whole through what you've done, through your story, and through your, your church, your community, the people around us. God, I pray that you would prompt us with those things, the things that are maybe holding us back, enslaving us, keeping us from our whole and flourishing selves. And God, I pray that you would be very clear about bringing someone to mind that we could speak to. And God, I pray particularly for those of us that maybe, maybe that second question is a struggle. We can't think of anyone. God, I pray that you would miraculously bring people into our world. Spirit, we just give you these moments to speak.